Welcome to Roundhill Radio, the podcast from Roundhill Community Church. Through our conversations, we discover the holy and the ordinary, find moments of grace and peace, and redefine what we're talking about when we talk about faith. Welcome to Roundhill Radio. I'm Wesley. I'm Ed. Good morning, Ed. Good morning, Leslie. So this was a topic I I brought to the table um, mm-hmm. because I, this is very much like a, this is how I'm feeling. <laughs> and I wonder if other people are feeling it too. And I get the let's, sense of Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. So as things are starting to open up tiny bit by tiny bit, mm-hmm. um, and as people are becoming fully vaccinated and, you know, the chance of people being seriously ill is diminishing. We, these are all things for celebration. Indeed. Yeah. Um, I find myself um, resisting the idea of things going back to air quote normal, Mm -hmm. to the status quo, Mm -hmm. Um, but even to the idea of just like the idea of a big social gathering makes Mm -hmm. me very anxious. Um, And I consider myself an extrovert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yes. I wonder how my introverted brethren and sisters are doing. Like me? <laughs> like you. Yes, like you. And, you know, I, you know, and so I, uh, my understanding of introvert versus extrovert is that intro, uh, extroverts gain energy from social interactions and introverts yes. are drained from social interactions. And then quiet time is a time to re, re-up your energy. Would, is that a fair place to I think that's talking. a fair assessment. Okay. <laughs> so just thinking about that and thinking about how we can be mindful of where kind of everybody is right now um, yeah. as things are starting to open up. I mean, I feel like it took me so long to adjust to this whole thing. Right. Yeah. That I, I you know, I kind of want to think about giving myself just as long Mm -hmm. to adjust to whatever is next, you know, and it was wondering where, how you're feeling, where you are. And uh, if any of our listeners are feeling the same way, you think. Well, I'm really glad you raised this because I see references to it all over the place. I mean, there are a lot of articles on online and in the papers uh, as people are trying to figure out, I think just what you're saying, it took us a long time in many cases, right, to figure out how to deal with um, the pandemic. I mean, I'm thinking back to the first time I went to the grocery store, um, right, after everything had started to shut down, what a time that was, and going into the grocery store, and it looked like a scene in a post-apocalyptic movie. And I thought, oh my gosh, you know, all those movies I've been watching over the years, and now here it is, this is is what it looks like, we're living it, right? right? paper products flying out of the store, like, who knows, you know? So um, the old, I think part of what I've been learning from people who uh, write books on creating new habits is it takes six months to create a new habit, right? There's sort of a, a series of transitions you go through before that habit is embedded. So we formed habits, whether we wanted them or not, we did form new habits during the last 12 months. And I think we need to be uh, thoughtful about our ourselves going forward, because we don't want to just wrench ourselves back into what we thought we were doing 12 or 14 months ago. Some people have had such a miserable, 
horrifying and nightmarish experience of the past 14 years. Of course, they were, they like all of us, they've been ready to try to move beyond this as quickly as possible. There's that part, I think, in all of us. So I certainly appreciate that. On the other hand, some people have discovered new parts of themselves and their relationships with their loved ones or their relationship with nature that wasn't there. Those things weren't there 14 months ago. And what I'm hearing is they don't want to lose those qualities. Uh, if they were, you know, suddenly transitioned to work out of their houses, they don't want to go back into their offices. They like being around their families more and eating lunch with their children or taking a walk outside. So I think you're raising a very important point. And I guess my question back to you, Leslie, is are you are you seeing uh, enough reflect, reflective space in the in the public commons, you know, that's addressing these issues? Or do you think that we're in just a headlong rush to return to, quote unquote, the old normal that we're bypassing that time? Yeah, that's an interesting question, because I feel like I see, like you said, a lot of people who have had such a hard time and they just want to, like, shut the door on that mm. time and move forward. Mm -hmm. And then other people who who found something in that. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I have a feeling the future will look somewhere in between those two, you know, inclinations. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I have not minded so much working from home. Um, teaching virtually in the spring, last spring, was very interesting. And I actually, I think that's when I, I personally struggled the most because I was, I was in my house 24-7. Um, yeah. Yeah. and as the school opened in the fall, so I go teach, you know, four days a week. And I think that's been very helpful. So I think I sort of found a balance in that time of like having some social interaction with my colleagues and seeing the kids and also just being so inspired by their resiliency. Mm -hmm. Like those mm -hmm. kids, they just aren't phased. Yep. I mean, you know, right. I have a whole new a whole new routine of reminding them to wipe down the keys, sanitize their hands, fix their masks. Yeah, but they're really not. I was expecting, I think, more eye rolling about huh. all of it. Like, oh, I have to, oh, I have to do this. Oh, I have to do this. But they've been like, all right, that's just what we do now. They've rolled with it. They've rolled with it, and I I find a lot of sort of inspiration of like, well, that's life right now. So we'll just. You know, they come in, they're like, do I need to wipe down the keys? They they remind me now, uh -huh. <laughs> which is very sweet. I'm like, oh, yeah, you need to do that. <laughs> they're channeling you. <laughs> they're incredible. They're just incredible. And so I think, you know, and then I think for so, for so many months, there were people who were more resistant to the idea of what was going on resistant to the idea of being what I consider very safe. Mm -hmm. And so I think I sort of have this slightly ingrained reaction to if someone wants to come and stand close to me, I kind of, I, I back away. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's in my mind for safety and, and a, a respect thing. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the idea of going to somebody like giving them a hug, I'm a hugger. You know, I, I'm a hugger and I'm already like, oh, oh, why, oh, you're in my bubble. Why are you yeah. in my bubble? It's so interesting just how much a relatively short amount of time, obviously, I mean, this feels like a decade, but what a short amount of time can do to 
your kind of gut reactions to things. Yes. I've heard people say they'll never shake anyone's hand again. You know, I mean, yeah. they, they may feel differently about that 30 days from now, but there, there are people who are already thinking that, or they're not going to allow themselves to be hugged. They don't want that to be part of their future. Right. Well, one, and one thing we've talked about off and on, I think, Leslie, during these past months is that, you know, how, how we view the pandemic also depends so greatly on racial uh, background, ethnic you know, background, all of those things have had a huge, huge um, factor in how this pandemic has been experienced. Um, although, you know, and, and, and also in the last few weeks, I just happened to have come across quite a few articles by introverts who are saying, you know, you're, if you're living in the United States of America, it's like the capital of extroversion, you know, oh, I mean, yeah. right? Yeah. It, we're just out there constantly. And so many people during the past 14 months feel like they have a different place on the planet, like they haven't had to be someone other than who they are. And as you say, if you're an introvert, you may find yourself in a lot of experiences that require you to be extroverted, but you need time to regroup. And now in the last few, you know, last months, people haven't felt that quite as much. They've, they've been able to sort of have a nice charge all the time. Yeah. So they're concerned about that. And I, the only real counsel I've heard for people in that regard is try to go as slowly as you can into the future. You know, don't let it to whatever extent is possible. Don't allow yourself to be rushed, but mm -hmm. try to hold your ground, you know, and not lose that for the future. And I think for one's own mental well-being, as well as the health and success of our other social relationships, it's good if we can all understand that very clearly about who we are and what we need going forward. And, um, and I do think there's much more conversation now in our culture than has been the case for a long time about racial justice. Mm -hmm. It's really refreshing and to see that, and I'm very hopeful about that. And so I think that's going to be, People, um, you know, are there are so many people of color who they don't want to go back to the old normal before the pandemic, right? Right. Um, and so the one thing that's really interesting, uh, so many people in our congregation just crave that experience of being back physically in our sanctuary. That's so important to them. And mm -hmm. since since we re resumed in-person gatherings, that's meant the world to them. But I do know of people who have now also begun to appreciate having the online experience of worship. Some of those are folks who tune into us from other parts of the country, and I think no longer attend their local congregations, but now see our service as their main access to a worshiping community. So they likewise are feeling like they don't want to go back to what they experienced before. They're really enjoying something about this. And I have to say, you know, for a lot of people, it's given, it's given a lot of people Sunday morning. They've said, I like walking around my neighborhood on Sunday morning or taking a nice long leisurely walk through the woods or resting, whatever. And then they tune into the service at six o'clock on Sunday night instead or, or watch it in pieces through the week. So they don't want to go back to the old normal either. And uh, that's what's going to be so fascinating. How can we hold things together while we're doing all of that, having all those different conversations? That's going to be challenging. Yeah, it was wild when we weren't, when we had paused in-person worship 
Mm-hmm. And I didn't have half to go, I did air quotes for our, our audio audience, uh, half to go to church yeah, work on yep. Sunday morning. Cause I haven't, other than a Sunday off here or there and from a vacation, I haven't had a Sunday off in like 20 years. That was just like, <laughs> wait, I, wait, I have a Sunday morning. <laughs> How novel. How novel. It was actually funny because I had a family member ask me just yesterday. So you work ev- every Sunday morning. I'm like, that is how that works. Yes. That Pretty is much. how that works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You get used to it. It's okay. It's okay. We have a job title of, you know, director of music. There's an asterisk. It says you will never see Sunday morning again outside of it. <laughs> No, nope. it's such a funny thing. It's, I mean, it's fine. Honestly, I like it because, you know, I get, I don't work on Fridays and Fridays are such a great day for running errands. I was out running errands. This is such a stupid story, but I was running errands on Saturday <laughs> and I was like, this is why I don't do a normal weekend because everyone else is doing a normal weekend. So it's right. a little countercultural in a way I enjoy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So I was thinking about what you were saying about like, I think there's an element of kind of, we have an opportunity to pick and choose Mm. as a society, Mm -hmm. what we want to keep from now and what we want to go, go back to what we want to, you know, select from before. Mm-hmm. And you've alluded to this a couple times, but I think our relationship with nature, with being mm-hmm. outdoors, mm-hmm. has really been strengthened and transformed by this time. I mean, I think of, you know, all the people who have left New York City to move mm-hmm. to move up to the burbs where we are here, yeah. um, and other places, and how you know, for so long, being outside is safer. Mm-hmm. in a social situation than being indoors. And I think that's really created a stronger appreciation of nature. Yeah, I agree. I remember back during the very early weeks of the pandemic when New York was shutting down, the noise level, of course, dropped mm. ferociously. And people could hear the sounds of nature in the city. I mean, there's actually, there's a lot of nature in New York City, right? Not yeah. just Central Park, but in so many other ways. And um, suddenly people could reconnect with that and, and loved it. And in some cities across the world where the pandemic had involved, you know, just the entire shutting down of the cities, people really were quarantined, locked down in their homes. Wild animals started to come and, and to visit the cities, you know, so suddenly people were seeing all of these creatures walking around the city in a way that they hadn't seen that before. But I, I completely agree that there's something about this time that has opened us back up to the world of nature. And that's very, very important. And that that actually comes at a very good time because we're living at a moment in history when it's absolutely crucial that we understand our connection to nature and how important it is to nurture that and cultivate it. And I, I have felt for years that one of the main reasons why people are not more involved in uh, a strong creative response to climate change is because actually we don't, we don't feel invested in nature. We don't have a connection with it. We don't love it necessarily. 
And so this past 14 months has kind of forced people to get back outside because, as you say, it's one of the few safe places you could be if you weren't locked down in your own home. And um, even if you were experiencing it through a mask, you know, at least you were you were experiencing it. Um, it's made me actually think about how we view nature theologically. Um, I have a friend who describes himself as a panentheist. So this is your theological word for the week. I love a good word. Panentheism. <laughs> so pantheism is this very ancient idea that God actually, or the divine, is actually housed in the things of nature. Okay. So it's right that nature is just shot through and through with the divine. Panentheism is the idea that the divine communicates through nature, revealed through nature, but is not housed in it. And so um, I think a lot of, uh, you know, certainly a lot of my colleagues would describe themselves as panentheists. And so now we're looking out at the world around us and finding that wonderful connection that hadn't been there for, for folks. And I think that's been really really great. And, and especially, oh my goodness, you know, I think about what parents have had to deal with, teachers, you know, so many all medical care workers in this past months. Um, being closer to nature, especially as we get close to summer, can be a real healing time, I think, for a lot of people. And I hope that will be the case. Yeah, absolutely. I think the winter the winter, you know, I sort of think there was the phases of it, you know, last summer was its own sort of time. And then as we went into winter, I know a lot of us were concerned because we couldn't have our outdoor gatherings in yes. the same way. Yeah. And now that things are opening back up in terms of the weather, yeah. um, my apologies for any sniffling, by the way. <laughs> allergies. It's <not> season. <laughs> allergies in Connecticut right now are like Georgia oh, levels. Guys. Off the charts. Yes, I have heard yeah. that. I realize oh that's a very gosh. personal reference, but it's Georgia levels for me. <laughs> Which is oh why I don't live gosh. in Georgia anymore. But <laughs> I know I've heard that it's a very bad year for allergies. Yeah. It's not great. It's not great. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it's okay. We're getting through. It means good, you know, sunshine and warm weather is coming. So yes. Uh, yeah. But yeah, the, the the opportunity to be outside again and just spend time outside is such a healing, a healing thing. And as we you know, like you say, I think the, you know, nature playing such a strong role in our faith and then having, having that connection in our, in our mind of that, when you're sitting in nature and you just pause and take a minute and take in just the, what feels like a miracle to mm. me, you know, yeah. it's just like, how is it so beautiful Hmm. and vibrant and like you said the different sounds mm -hmm. and the the leaf blowers notwithstanding pain <laughs> of my existence it's, it's rough but you know i mean i've got if i look out my window here i have a window that i try to avoid because of the light but i have i have my little seedlings uh -huh. that i grew from tiny little seeds which is the older you know I have a black thumb, so that feels like a miracle. I can see hot pink azaleas. I can see the green grass and trees. And it's like, how does, to me, that feels so innately divine. And I mm. think that I have to stop, you know, I have to stop and take a beat and appreciate it. Yes. Um, and I think this whole time of the pandemic has really forced me to do that. Because yeah. I very much subscribe to the cult of busyness. 
mm-hmm. for so many years. I was just always going and going and going. Mm-hmm. And it really forced me to sit still mm. and like read a book <laughs> in the garden. Oh, um, wow. I know. I know. <laughs> and it's, it's been, a, it's been a gift and it's, it also feels, you know, I think it's hard to, to look back at such a difficult time for so many millions of people and say any time, anything like that is a gift, but I think holding those two, that dichotomy is kind of what we have to do to move forward. Right. That's how it yeah. feels to me. Well, I, I would love to put together uh, the question you started asking at the beginning, uh, which was, what do we want to savor from this time? You know, what, what's worth savoring? There are many things we want to discard, mm-hmm. but there are some things that are worth holding on to. And what are they? And, and actually, it's being out in nature and taking a walk that can help us to kind of ruminate on that. And, you know, I, so often during this past year, I have thought of those who live in very large apartment buildings in urban areas and you know who haven't been able to get out and i thought how incredibly challenging that must have been for them and um but i'm even hopeful you know in those areas where though that kind of population density exists and people are living very very close to one another maybe don't have the same access but that even there people are still able to get out somewhat i'm many years ago i had a friend who was a landscape architect and he led a tour through New York City to show us how it was possible to get very close to nature in the city. And he walked us oh. from the Upper West Side all the way down to Midtown and you know points in between. And it was stunning to see how many opportunities there were to interact with natural elements during that time. And we never even went to Central Park. You wow. know, these were other places. So I think, I think nature can play a very, very large role for us uh, wherever we are. And, uh, and again, you, as you're showing it right by your window, you know, even to have some seedlings, something that we're growing or nurturing inside um, can be very, very important. When my mother was much less mobile towards the end of her life, um, she always had her house plants. Mm-hmm. You know, she couldn't really get out in the same way, but that was a huge part of her life, just kind of tending them. They blossomed, you know, it gave her joy. And I think that we don't we don't want to lose that connection and we want to use I think the example of nature to think about how we can make the world a better place by bringing forward the things we learned during the pandemic and are still learning from it. Absolutely. So this very much feels like the start of a conversation yeah. um, that I know will keep going through our podcast and through our different ways to interact with us. Again, if you'd love to be part of our conversation, we encourage you to send us an email to podcast at roundhillcommunitychurch.org uh, and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to uh, really appreciate that. That really helps us out. So thank you, Ed, for this time and we will be uh, back here next week. Thank you, Leslie. Blessings. Thanks for listening. Round Hill Radio is brought to you by the friends and members of Round Hill Community Church. For more information, please visit roundhillcommunitychurch.org.